Well, good morning, Life Point Church. If you haven't discovered that uh, we don't take ourselves serious, I don't know what it's going to take uh, to get you to that place. But we do take God serious, okay? Now, this week, um, I think you've heard on the news just about the things that happened on that community college in Oregon. And before we jump into the topic matter today, I just thought it'd be good for us to pray. Because this was against Christians. And I don't know about you, but that hit me right in the heart. I love to have fun, but life is serious at times. And this is a serious thing. So as a church family, let's just go before God and let's just pray for those that community and those families that lost loved ones. Lord, we just want to come before you even in this hour, though we can have fun just celebrating life and just uh, ministry here within the walls. We know, God, that you're working, and we, we know that uh, a community up in Oregon has suffered loss, great loss, as they have stood up for you. And we pray that you would bring comfort to their hearts and to their souls, that you would bring healing into that community, that you would help us to be your people, to be the salt and light that you have called us to be. And so, God, we give you this for your, in your son's name. Amen. Well, today we're going to start a new series that I've entitled The Call. And one of the more popular verses in the Bible beyond John 3.16 is Romans 8.28. Take a look at this right here. It says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Now, a lot of times as we begin to think of this verse, we stop right there and leave off the second half of it. The first half says this, we know. We don't wish, we don't hope, we know. We know that in all things, not not just the good things, but the good, the bad, and the ugly things, that God works. It doesn't seem like he's working, but he's working. He's always working behind the scenes. Doing what? For the good of those who love him. It doesn't say all things are good there. Obviously, there's a lot of evil in this world. What happened in Oregon is a, a evidence of that. But this verse does say that God will bring good out of all things that are bad. Now, a lot of times, like I said earlier, we stop at that part of the verse. But it goes on and it says this, who have been called according to his purpose. Will you circle those two words? Will you circle called and purpose and draw a line between those two because calling and purpose go together. That is what we are going to talk about over the next several weeks. The reality that you have been called. You see, if I were to say to you, what do you think of first? When I use the word call, like you get a call or you make a call, like calling out for pizza, My guess is you think of a phone or a cell phone. Now, folks, I have to be honest with you. I don't like the phone. I don't like cell phones. They are a necessary evil, so to speak. And I, I say that for a number of different reasons. One is simply this. As a pastor, I'm on call 24-7, okay? And a lot of times when the phone rings, it is an interruption, Maybe I'm relaxing or maybe I am working on something and someone calls and it's an interruption in my life. The second reason that it is, so to speak, something that I disdain is that oftentimes people aren't calling me about good news. I don't have people call me and say, Pastor George, I just want you to know I'm going to make up my ties this month, okay? I just won the national lotto, $310 million, and I'm giving half of it to the church. 
Do you think I'd ever get a phone call like that? No, no, no way. The phone calls that I get are typically bad news. There's a crisis, maybe in a marriage or, or a death, or someone has gotten in an accident and is in the hospital. You see, I don't like phones for those reasons, but what if you got a phone call and you were thinking that it was an interruption or some bad news, but instead it was from Publishers Clearinghouse and you just won $5,000 for, for every week of your life and you can pass that on until, uh, to one of your inheritance. Would you receive that call? I'm sure you would. Well, what if God called? What, what, what would you do then? Well, let me let you in on a few tips here. Whatever you do, don't let that phone call from God go into call waiting. Don't let it to ring and ring and ring. Don't let it to go into voicemail. No, when God calls, answer it. Now, you may be sitting here and you may be thinking, well, God's never called me. This verse says that he has. It says you have been called according to the purpose, according to his purpose. Now, it's interesting, as you read this in, in context, you go down a few, verse later, a few verses later, and in Romans 8, 30, he says, those that God predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Those are some big theological words that, that we're going to take a look at in the weeks ahead. We're going to take a look at predestination and justification and glorification. But today, I want us to start by just taking a look at the word called. You have been called by God. What does that mean? Well, the word in the Greek is kaleo. It is mentioned a hundred times in the New Testament. And most of the time it has, it's talking about your assignment, your mission in life, your purpose in life, the reason that God created you. In fact, the word call or calling is used 10 times more than the word purpose. The Latin word for call is uh, voce, okay? It's where you and I get the word for vocation. Vocation and calling are the same thing. But here's the problem. Today, the word vocation has been reduced down to your job or your career. Your calling is not your job. Your calling is far more significant. It is far larger than that. You have a job. Yes, you've got a job. You've got a career. But it is not your calling. As you go through the Bible, you will be, you'll begin to understand that God is in the calling business, okay? The Bible is filled full of stories where God called people. God called Noah Abraham, Moses, Nehemiah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel. He called Peter, Paul, and Mary, okay? <laughs> that was a joke. Work with me, okay? You're going to have to work because I'm going to ask you to do some things here, okay? He's called you. And as I've prepared my heart for this series, my prayer has been one that the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. Let's look at this. My prayer is that light will flood your hearts and that you will understand the hope that, has, that was given to you when God called you. Then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. 
Folks, I want you to understand your calling because what's gonna result is hope. We live in a hopeless world. That is why we see things happening in our culture like up in Oregon. And if we could only understand the calling that God has on our life, we would experience tremendous benefits. Today, what I wanna do is I wanna take an overview by looking at the eight things that you need to know about your calling that come literally from hundreds of different verses. And so let's get started, okay? The first thing that we learn from the Bible about your calling is this, that my calling is a gift from God. I don't earn it, I don't deserve it, I don't work for it, I don't beg and bargain and bribe for it. No, it is just a gift that God gives you. Take a look at Galatians 1 verse 6. God, by his grace through Christ, has called you to become his people. Will you circle that phrase, by his grace? Now, what is grace? Well, grace is a number of different things. Grace is undeserved kindness. It is unmerited favor. It is God giving you what you need and not what you deserve. It is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is the fact that God knows all about your life and chose to create you. God knows all about your flops, failures, and fumbles and still chooses to love you. Folks, that's the grace of God. Your calling is actually tied up with your salvation. Take a look at 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. You see, God gives you a calling simply because he just wants to give you a calling. That's it. Now, will you circle the word purpose? This leads to the second thing that the Bible teaches about your calling, which is this, that I am called for God's purpose. I'm not called for my purpose. I'm not called for your purpose. I am called for God's purpose. God didn't make you for you. No, God made you for himself. And until you and I understand that, we're going to live a frustrated life. God's calling is about his plan for your life and not your plan. God's calling is about his dream for your life and not your dream for your life. A great example of this is a story about Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau were the twin sons of Isaac, and Isaac was the son of Abraham. In other words, Jacob and Esau were the grandchildren of Abraham. I love grandkids, as you know. I could probably show you a picture right now, but I won't, okay? But, but they're his grandkids, okay? And Esau was born first. And according to the culture and tradition back then, the firstborn gets the blessings and the family inheritance. It was like saying, you know what? You are the greatest. I mean, how many firstborns are here? May I see your hands? Okay, a little interactive, okay. It would be like, you are the greatest, okay? You are number one. How many of us are second born? Can I see your hands? Yeah, okay. Oh, well, we're just glad you're here, okay? <laughs> now, God didn't like that. God comes along and says, I'm choosing Jacob to get the blessing, even though he is the second born. And God decided to do this before Jacob and Esau were born through Rebekah. Take a look at Romans 9, verse 11. Before the two boys were born, God told Rebekah, the older will serve the younger. 
This was before the boys had done anything good or bad. God said this so that the one chosen would be chosen because of God's own plan. He was chosen because he was the one God wanted to call, not because of anything he did. This was the exact opposite of tradition and culture during that time. And these kids hadn't done anything. They hadn't even been born yet. They hadn't done anything good. They hadn't done anything bad. But it was God's plan. It was God's purpose. Now, I'm pretty fortunate that God called me in my teens. And to be honest with you, it wasn't as a result of anything that I had done, nothing that I really deserved. God just made a breakthrough in my life one day where I went from a fan of Christ to a follower of Christ, where I dropped him from my head to my heart. And when that happened, I said, okay, God, if you're going to be my boss and my Lord, I will do anything that you want me to do. And I will go anywhere you want me to go at any time. And when that occurred, you want to know what happened? Nothing. There was, no, there was no clouds parting and a beam of light coming down and a voice from heaven saying, I'm glad you're in, uh, Pastor uh, George, or uh, George, I never thought it would happen, okay? Now, at that moment, at that moment, I became bivocational. I had many jobs and I had a calling. And my jobs were numerous. I was a landscape designer. I was a dishwasher. I was a cook. I taught uh, labs, college graduate labs, uh, going through college. I was a truck driver for Atlas Fan Lines. I was a pharmacy tech. And now I'm, I'm a pastor. My jobs have changed. But my calling has never changed. You have a calling on your life. And it is unique to you take a look at this verse in ephesians 2 10 for we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do will you circle the word workmanship that word in the greek is poema it's where we get the word poem and so in essence paul is communicating that you are god's poem. You are God's unique poem. You are God's work of art. You are God's unique masterpiece. And you may sit here and think, well, I I don't think of myself as a masterpiece. It's only because you don't realize how much value God has put into you. Well, Pastor George, I just think I'm really, I'm just kind of an average. In fact, there are times I feel like I'm a piece of junk. You're not junk. God didn't create junk, and God didn't die for junk. You are a unique masterpiece, poem of God. But it only shows up when you begin to fulfill your calling. You see, if you try to be something or or someone that you're not, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss out on your greatness. You are God's workmanship, and you are created for good works. And those good works are your contribution to the world. You see, you weren't placed here to just take up space, to eat, breathe, take up space, and die. You weren't put here just to be a consumer. No, God called you to make a contribution, and that contribution is part of your calling. Now, here's the cool thing. We all have different good works. 
We all have different contributions. Yours may is different from mine, and mine is different from yours. But you know what? It all works together. Will you circle the phrase prepared in advance? That means this, that long, 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 long time ago, before your mom and dad had a twinkle in their eye about you, before you even gave thought to who God is and what he has for your life and the calling that he has, he thought of it first, which leads to the third thing that the Bible teaches about your calling, which is God chose my calling before I was born. God chose it. Let me share with you some verses. This is Paul speaking in Galatians 1.15. It pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. What undeserved mercy. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for your life. You see, while you, before you were even born, God shaped you for a calling. God shaped you. That means you are a custom-designed baby. That, that means you have custom-designed genes. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the ones that you are sitting on right now, okay? A lot of people don't understand this. There is a guy named Nick, I believe his last name is Juvik. I can't pronounce it, okay? But here's a picture of him on the big screen. He was born without arms and without legs. And a lot of people might look at him and think, you know what? What can he do? But he has probably created a greater impact than all of us put together because he has literally touched millions and millions of people with the fact that God has shaped him and others for a unique destiny. He has a book out called Life Without Limits. He has a DVD out that I really love the title, No Arms, No Legs, No Big Deal, okay? And so whatever you do, don't underestimate what God wants to do in your life. Take a look at this verse. This is our memory verse for the, for the week. Isaiah 44, verse 2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Well, what is this saying? Well, first of all, it says, I am your creator. What does that mean? It means that you're not an accident. You were created and called by God. Will you write this down? If you think that you're an accident you'll live your life like an accident. You are no accident. And then it says that you were in my care. That means you are deeply loved. And then it says before you were born. God planned you before you were born. Now I want us to memorize this verse this week so that you can be encouraged when you are discouraged. When you are feeling like your life is an accident and you're here and you're there and there doesn't seem to be any purpose for your life. And so let's memorize this verse for this week. And the address is Isaiah 44 verse 2. Now to memorize something, it's easier to memorize through the word than it is through the eyes. And so repeat the address with me, okay? Isaiah 44, verse 2. 
Frisco, this is for you too, okay? We're live at Frisco, okay? In fact, let's give it up for Frisco this morning, okay? I was there helping him set up this morning. What's the address? Isaiah? And what does Isaiah 44 verse 2 say? I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Now, did you get it? When I say get it, you say got it. I say good, and you say give it away. Get it? Good? Okay, so that's our memory verse for this week. You have been created by God, and you have been in his care before you were even born. The fourth thing that the Bible teaches about your purpose or calling in life is this, that my sin and my mistakes don't change my call. Now, I like this one the best, okay? It doesn't matter how messed up your life is right now. And it doesn't matter how much someone else has messed up your life. It doesn't matter how many dumb decisions that you make. It hasn't changed God's call on your life. That call that God gave you before you were born and reaffirmed to you after your salvation. Folks, it's forever. It never changes because God doesn't change. Now, a good example of this is Paul. Take a look at 1 Timothy 1, 12 and 13. By calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy. Even though I used to be a blasphemer and shown... blasphemer and a persecutor and contemptuous mercy however was shown me because while i lacked faith i acted in ignorance will you circle the phrase while i lacked faith and acted in ignorance that's saying that he did a lot of dumb stuff while he was growing up how many of us here have done a lot of dumb things when we were growing up can i see your hands guess what that is apostle training okay You guys are becoming apostles. Uh, Paul's uh, apostle training was that he was a religious terrorist. He, He was a murderer. And yet God's plan and calling on his life never changed. You see, God plans in even the bad stuff. That is what I absolutely love about God. He fits it all in together. When you and I make some dumb decision and we look back and say, man, that was just stupid. God comes along and says, oh, that's okay. We'll just work that into the plan, okay? Now, God not only says your sins don't change your calling, but also the sins of others against you. Some of you have been hurt in relationships, and that spouse has walked out on you. Big hurt, big bruise. Others of you have been beaten up, maybe as a result of a a rape, or or just even physical abuse, those things. My heart breaks when I hear those kinds of things. But here's the deal. Your value hasn't changed, and your calling hasn't changed. God says, I'll take the bad and the ugly stuff, and I will take the sting out of it. Will you write this down? God has no plan B for you. 
You see, a lot of people think, well, you know what? I've really screwed this up, or my life has really been screwed over by this situation. I guess I'm just going to have to live plan B for my life. No. God has only one plan for your life, and that is plan A. Now, when I think of this, I think of Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson was in the inner circle of President Nixon. And all of a sudden, because of Watergate, he went from, so to speak, the presidency to prison. And while he was in prison, he realized God's call on his life. Jesus went from being a fan to where he became a follower. And as a result of that, he started Prison Fellowship, which is the ministry that reaches 150 plus countries today. Folks, when God created Chuck Colson, he knew what was going to happen in Nixon's presidency, and he knew his part, and God worked it in. The fifth thing that we learn and understand about God's call on our life is this, that my calling is permanent. And what I mean by that is that nobody can take it away from you. Your parents can't take it away from you. Your partner can't take it away from you. Your peers can't take it away from you. And other people can't take it away from you. They may try to make you into something that God hasn't called you to be. But guess what? Your calling can't be taken away from you. Satan can't take your calling away from you. You can't take your calling away from you. And God won't take his calling away from you because it's permanent. Take a look at Romans 11, verse 29. God's gifts and his calling are irrevocable. Will you circle the word irrevocable? That means they're permanent. Now, the expression may change. The timing of the when, the where, and the how may change, but the calling will not. And so what this teaches us is this, that your job and your career are not your calling. The average person will have seven different careers in their lifetime through 12 different jobs. Your job and your career will change numerous times. But your calling will never change. The Bible says the gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable. And so no matter what happens in your life, folks, it's permanent. The sixth thing that the Bible teaches us about your calling is this, that my calling is connected to others. My life dream, my vision, my, my purpose for my life is connected to others. And what I mean by that is that you can't fulfill your calling by yourself. In fact, will you write this down? Calling and community go together. It's like what um, Kyung was sharing last week, okay? It is, it's like parts of your body, okay? Uh, parts of your body disconnected from your body is absolutely worthless, if your hand gets disconnected or your eyes get disconnected or your feet or your legs get disconnected from you, guess what? They are worthless. They only have value and are able to fulfill their function and purpose, their calling, is when they're connected. You have to be connected to the body. And the body is called in the Bible the church of Christ. And so how do you get connected to, 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 
to Christ's body as you become members of a local church. And I would even say the best way to even do that is to get involved in small groups. Let me just share with you a couple of verses along this lines. Take a look at Ephesians 4, 4. We, We are all one body. We have the same spirit and we all have been called to the same glorious future hope. Will you circle the phrases, all one body, same spirit, we've all been called. You see, we're all supposed to be in connection with one another. Here's another one, Hebrews 13, 1, or Hebrews 3, 1, sorry. Brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. In other words, people in your small group are partners in your heavenly calling. As I like to say, we are always better together. And we'll talk about more of this in the future. The seventh thing that the Bible teaches about your calling is this, is that God empowers what he calls you to do. Whatever God calls me to do, he empowers me to do. In other words, if God gives me an assignment, he is going to enable me to do it. He is going to equip me to do it. He is going to empower me to do it. God would never ask you to do something that he hasn't empowered you to do. Now, how does this work? Well, once you understand that God has a calling on your life, what you do is that you then up front commit to it, like I did, really. God, I understand. Whatever you say, I'm going to do. Wherever you send me, I'm going to go, anytime, anywhere. Once you do that, then God comes along and says, then I will commit myself and my resources to you. Take a look at Ephesians 4.1. I now urge you to live the life to which God called you. You see, how do you live the life that God has called you to? Will you write down this acrostic? L-E-A-R-N, learn. First, L, you listen to God through his word daily. E, you enlist friends to discuss this calling weekly. A, you ask questions and accept correction. R, You remember and reinforce what you've learned. What is our address of our memory verse? Isaiah 44, 2. You remember and you reinforce. And then in, now, you do it now. Now you may say, well, Pastor George, I already have those habits in my life. Great, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to share what we're going over in these next six weeks with someone else. Because if you do that, you will grow faster. You know, I always say the person who teaches on Sunday morning is the one that learns the most. You and I don't learn as much as we think we do when we sit and and, and sit still and I end still, okay? You learn more when you share it with other people. Now, so let me encourage you to do that. And let me encourage you, because we are two years away from building our Connection Center. We just finished um, 
through your generous offerings. We just finished the student center. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go back there and check it out. But we are two years away from connect, building our connection center. That isn't just for us connecting ourselves with one another through weddings and showers, funerals, and those kinds of things. It's about connecting our community to this church, offering it to them, and targeting corporate America. So let me encourage you, if you already have these habits, to take these messages and just get with one or two other people in corporate America and begin to discuss your calling and the calling that God has for them because we're going to fulfill that vision that God has. You always grow faster when you give it away. But Pastor George, I've never done anything like that before. God will give you power. Here is another prayer that I am praying for you out of first, uh, Second Thessalonians 1.11. Look at what Paul says here. This is why we always pray for you, asking our God to help you live the kind of life he called you to live. We pray that with his power, God will help you do the good things and you want things you want and perform the works that come from your faith. Will you circle the phrase, do the things and perform the works? God says, as you do the works and perform the things, I will give you power to do it. Take a look at 1 Thess 5, 24. The one who calls you is health, faithful and he will do it. You see, God says, I'll never let you down. He will give you the power. Now, there's one more truth. My calling is a gift from God. I'm called for God's purpose. God chose my calling before I was born. My flops, failures, and fumbles don't change my calling. My calling is permanent. My calling is connected to others. God empowers me for my calling. And then the last one, there is a prize for living out my calling. Folks, this is another reason why I am so excited about this topic matter, because of the rewards that you are going to get forever. Take a look at Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What's that prize? Well, it would take a month of Sundays and even more to describe the prize that God's going to give you because Paul said this, I hasn't seen nor ear heard all that God has in store for you and I. So let me summarize it this way. You get to share in everything that God has in heaven, and it'll never be taken away from you. His kingdom, his glory, and his power is all yours, and it'll never be taken away from you. You see, life on this side of eternity is a test. And God says this, if you will be faithful with the little, he will be faithful with much. If you will be faithful in fulfilling your calling on earth, God will be faithful in heaven. And so I say what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.12, live the kind of life that pleases God, who calls you to share in his own kingdom and glory. We're in the midst of football season. I'd mentioned the Rangers, but they lost yesterday. 
But just imagine, I was with my staff there this, this spring. Just imagine being in the Cowboys Stadium and on that big screen that's in the middle of the field. You see the signage that says, starring Jesus Christ, co-starring you. Wouldn't that be something? God says, I am willing to share my glory for you and never take it away from you forever and ever and ever and ever. Folks, that's worth getting excited about. I cannot wait for the day when I am stand, standing in the crowd and I see the sign starring Jesus Christ and your name under it. I said, yes, that away. That away, Dan. That away, Mary. That away, Jonathan. That away, Brian. That away, Perry. That away. Keep going. Good for you. You fulfilled your calling. How do you do that? It's as you and I learn, as we listen to God's word daily. I encourage you to take these messages and think these things through. Read those verses every day. As you enlist one other person to discuss with weekly. And if you're already in a small group here, start a little one in corporate America. A, attend all six weeks and ask questions and make adjustments in your life. Leaders are learners. R, reinforce what you've learned with one memory verse. And the address is what? Isaiah 44, verse 2. And in now. Do it now. Let's pray.